Okay, we are recording. We're talking about magician today as far as um, how Lavlin depicts the certain archetype of the magician. So let's get a few sessions ready here. So we were talking a little bit about magic the other night as far as how when we plant a seed in the ground that it's it's programmed and once you put it in the dirt and give it some water that it just blooms you know it knows to sprout uh it gets um activation from the sun it's carried in mother earth uh and uh, to me that is magic it really is that it just knows how to do that and we've got the same magic inside of us you know as far as spiritually mentally physically isn't it just absolutely magic that once a a human egg cell is fertilized you know that it just knows how to grow into a human being i mean that's it's it, some someone or something has programmed that which means that we all have that inert uh magic inside of us though and it works on a spiritual level too uh just like how i had just some um spontaneous awakening you know back in 2015 i mean one moment i was sitting there being normal and then the next time just having just phenomenal visions of myself growing and growing and growing and the next thing i know i'm looking at the, the whole galaxy and i'm seeing things and different levels and you know it's something programmed that spiritual since we are a portion of uh the creator so uh, interesting stuff so let me bring up um one of these and i do think in this session they are talking about this is whenever they were going over tarot but they you know had given this knowledge of the tarot to the egyptians to help them understand the archetypes of the mind uh, a little bit better so this is uh session 91 question 24 uh the bird is a messenger that the hand is reaching down to unlock can you comment on that again they're talking about going through the tarot uh raw answers the wing divisions or images in this system are to be noted not so much for their distinct kind as for the position of the wings so they're they're just describing that the wings is actually what the attention should be on all birds are indeed intended to suggest flight and messages and movement and in some cases protection the wing i'm sorry the folded wing in this image is intended to suggest that just as the matrix figure the magician cannot uh cannot act without reaching its winged spirit so neither the spirit fly lest it be released into conscious manifestation and uh fructified fructify thereby so it's saying like you cannot um express the magician without ganging your wings so an understanding there is a, a portion somewhere in here that describes you know that uh, our perceptions are my
equivalent to being a, a it's equivalent to being a bird in a cage. So um, that would that which our ourselves our own consciousness needs to understand how to unlock this cage and let the bird out so it can fly. And that's a dream I had too quite a while ago. I dreamt of um, just. I don't know, maybe five or six birds in a cage. And I'm like, I'm so devastated because I'm like, these birds are dying. These birds are dying. I, you know, I don't know. And so I just, you know, took a key and unlocked the cage and let them all out. And they all started flying around. And then one had landed on uh, my finger. It was, you know, just attempting to communicate with something like old, a little birdie told me so. so. Um, so yeah, so our, our spirits are equivalent to being locked in a cage, you know, right now it's up to us to be, to learn how to unlock the cage. So, and I know we have guides and, uh, et cetera, et cetera, that you try to give us knowledge to be able to do that, but they cannot be the ones to unlock the cage that has to come from ourselves. So, um, very interesting and this uh next one is kind of a long one so i'm gonna explain it in a couple of sessions here okay so this is session 78 question 33. Uh, it just seemed to me that since the planets were an outgrowth of the logos and since the archetypical mind was the foundation for the experience that the planets of this logos which they're talking about the sun so i have been trying to get a foothold into an undistorted doorway you might say into the archetypical mind um, it seems to me that everything I have read having to do with the archetypes is to some degree or another distorted by those who have written and the fact that our language is not really capable of description. You have spoken of the magician as a basic archetype uh, and that this seems to have carried through from previous octave. Would this B, if there is an order, the first archetypical concept of this logos. And I think it's important for me to explain now, too, that there is another section in here that Ra actually, you know, encourages us to um, uh, understand how to portray the attributes of certain archetypes in our everyday life. So, like uh, the, the magician. So, portraying the archetypes of the magician or portraying the um, attributes of the priestess or the fool or the priest or empress you know there's many that we can choose and i think it, it probably happens in in the moment um when you're just having a conversation with somebody i mean you can practice portraying the attributes of the magician and just a simple conversation if you want you know if you are in, in touch with that that higher self and understand how the magician works and you can ask yourself how would the magician respond 
in this moment? How would the Empress respond in this moment? And you can probably uh, put that into larger things going larger situations as well so if you look at the world today and how would a magician do this okay what would the magician's response be or actions be and then you can literally make magic in that moment by um you know portraying the magician in that moment during that certain situation so um anyway so bra answers uh, we would first respond to your confusion as regards to various writings upon the archetypical mind. You may well consider the very informative differences between a thing in itself and its relationships or functions. There is much study of archetype, which is actually a study of functions, relationships, and correspondences. Okay, I think that's pretty much what I just kind of went over, actually. Uh, the study of planets, for instance, is an example of archetypes seen as functions. However, the archetypes are, first and most profoundly, things in themselves and the pondering of them and their purest relationships with each other should be most useful should be the most useful foundation for the study of the archetypical mind. So let's go through the next paragraph in the same answer. I guess I could have just, you know, copied and pasted that. That's okay. Um, so same answer again. Like I said, we now address your query. As to the archetype, which is the matrix of the mind, as to its name, the name of magician is understandable when you consider the consciousness is the great foundation, the mystery and the revelation, which makes this particular density possible. The Such entity is full magic that is to come first for the mind is the first of the complexes to be developed by the student of spiritual evolution. That's a pretty interesting comment. So, yeah, it backed off on me uh, for a moment, but I'm able to see it. So I paused. Um. So that's interesting. So the self-conscious entity is full of magic of that which is to come. So again, as I just said, so by being in the moment during a conversation or your everyday activities or a confrontation, even, you know, being in the mind, being self-conscious of your own thoughts and your own awareness, even through, um, possible situations that are causing fear or anxiety like your calm mind is your tool because in your calm mind in that moment you are going to get uh the the guidance that you need from having that connection to that higher self um 
And so you can ask, you know, consciously in that moment, how would the magician respond? What would the magician do to create magic for this situation? So what would my response be that would possibly, um, you know, resolve this in the best possible way for everyone, not just myself? So um, how would this person benefit from me saying this or that, or how would this person not benefit? So, and it's very hard when you're dealing with um, uh, somebody being not taking action for their own life, you know. So you might have to give them the catalyst to take action in their own life by saying no, and in that moment they're not probably going to understand that you are actually trying to help them by giving them this catalyst to take action for their own life so uh, and maybe that is the best response and maybe um the best response is something else so it just depends on the situation how your connection to your higher self is in, in that moment when you're interacting with else or uh just doing your daily activities um i don't know but um anyway so let's go to let's see okay do you want to answer i think we've been over this one before but considering we're talking about the magician i do want to go over it again and the next one looks pretty interesting too. Okay. Uh, so session 74, question 11. Uh, I, what I am trying to get is how all these disciplines affect the inner centers and the power of, shall I say, the white magician? Would you tell me how that works? Or could you? Um, Ross says the heart of the discipline of the personality is threefold. Uh, yes, we have been over this one before, but yes, one, know yourself, two, accept yourself, three, become the creator. The third step is that which, when accomplished, renders one the most humble servant of all, transparent in personality, and completely able to know and accept other selves. In relation to the pursuit of the magical working, the continuing discipline of the personality involves the adept in knowing itself, accepting itself, and thus clearing the path towards the great indigo gateway to the creator. To become the creator is to become all that there is. There is then no personality in the sense which the adept begins its learned teaching. As the consciousness of the indigo ray becomes more crystalline, more work may be done and then more may be expressed from intelligent infinity. So, so when we heal our own selves, when we work on our own selves and understand that ourselves are not perfect, except me, <laughs> no. Uh, when we understand that we ourselves have faults and we're not perfect and we've done the gaslighting and we've been gaslighted and we've done the judging and we've been judging, we've been judged, um, you know, then we have to look at those dark parts of ourselves 
and excels as well as the light sides. Um, and then we can have a better ability to let that let that judgment go and when when you know going through a situation with somebody else that allows you to judge less because you understand that everybody's going through stuff you know and you know <clears throat> we've also done that judging and how did we feel when somebody else did the judging upon us so uh, and how did we feel when somebody lacked empathy and didn't understand our point of view? So we can't be hypocrites and then be doing that to somebody else as well if we do want to heal and work on ourselves. So, uh, you know, healing and working on ourselves is probably the most service that we can do right now because then it, it does, again, give us the ability to, to understand that in other people when they're going through their own journey. So, uh, of course, having... Uh, boundaries and, and that still is important and when um, the ability to understand when you need to give a catalyst versus help uh, or sometimes just the sometimes it's both I mean um, well giving a catalyst is helping but um, again going into a country with this lacking food and right medicine and that you don't necessarily want to swoop in and feed everybody for a day because that for one, doesn't teach them anything. They still don't know how to grow their own food and keep up with their own demands. So maybe the right response would be to um, go in and teach, like, hey, you know, we do know how to grow our own food. I mean, we can we can help you guys learn how to do that and hang out for a little bit and help you, you know, show show you how to. Um, so the land you've got to do the work because that's how people learn is actually by doing the work uh you know you can uh, watch somebody else do uh, rip out an engine out of a car you know all day long but if you were in front of the car and somebody told you how to rip it out that's a completely different story so we've got to get our hands dirty and actually do that kind of work um so uh Lots of stuff that goes in that, but actually that was completely in the other direction of what we just talked about. I just thought I would apparently just throw that in there. But um, again, you know, kind of going into seeking ourselves is absolutely and seeking the, the dark and the light side of ourselves is the absolute best work that we can do and have done and uh, are doing and will do because that allows us more chance to uh, recognize our dark parts in other people and other selves and therefore are able to you know bypass some of that judgment a little bit so get a drink really quick. Okay. Let's go to the next one. Okie dokie. So session 78. 
question 11. Um, this actually goes into a little more detail than actually what I was looking for. So I'll, I'll get some good, uh, good insight on the archetype of the magician. Uh, could you elaborate, please, on the nature and quality of the matrix and its potentiator? So they're talking about the matrix of the mind. So these are the uh, areas of the mind that, um, you know, we can have access to and guidance from in the moment. Uh, Ross says, in the mind complex, the matrix may be described as consciousness. It has been called the magician. The magician is equal to our, our consciousness. So it is to be noted that of itself, consciousness is unmoved. The potentiator of the consciousness is the unconscious. This. this encompasses a vast realm of potential in the mind. And so we do know that when we dream, we go into these um, more unconscious areas. So and that is where higher self resides in the deep, uh, the deep dark corners, uh, you know, where we when we dream, we kind of create like a um, we have access to the bridge. Uh, into time space and that so in the body the matrix may be seen as balanced working or even functioning note that there that here in the matrix is always active with no means of being inactive the potentiator of the body complex then may be called the wisdom for it is only through judgment that the unceasing activities and proclivities of the body complex may be experienced in useful modes. Okay. It's only through judgment that the unceasing activities of the body complex may be experienced in useful modes. Okie dokie. The matrix of the spirit is what you may call the night of the soul or primeval darkness. Um, again, we have that which is not capable of movement or work. The potential power of this extremely receptive matrix is such that the potentiator may be seen as lightning in your archetypical system called the tarot this has been refined into the concept complex of the lightning struck tower okay cool however the original potentiator was light in its sudden and fiery form that is the lightning itself interesting so that's the matrix of the spirit the night of the soul or primeval darkness. Yeah, that's quite interesting. It's kind of wordy. I'm trying to almost reread it a little bit to understand. So um, the potential power of the extremely receptive matrix. Our potential power that's waiting inside the matrix of the spirit is equivalent to lightning, I think, is what at least that's maybe my own distortion of it but they're saying that our matrix of the mind when 
when receptive and um, act when it activates is equivalent to lightning itself. So floor, um, if you want to take Thor as an example. So when we are when our spirit is ignited, um, this can be an equivalent of so. The body matrix is kind of interesting the way that they put it. So, um, the body is always active with no means of being inactive. Potentiator of the body compass can be called wisdom. It's only through judgment that the unceasing activities and purposes of news. Okay. That's an interesting one. I think I'll move to the next one. Okay, and this is section 96, question 15. Let me get it copied and pasted. Yeah, Craig, me too. I'm, I'm not sure I penetrated the meeting. That may be one that I need to sit down with a little bit later and just kind of um, in meditate on. So I understand the, the spirit a little bit. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to penetrate that one a little deeper, I think. Homework, y'all. Homework. All right. So session 96, question 15, as I said. Um, I plan to redraw the tarot, eliminating extraneous additions by those who came after Ra's initial giving, and would like to go through these that I intend to eliminate from each card and ask Ra if there is anything else we should be eliminated to make the cards as they were when originally drawn. So he's asking for the original interpretation of tarot before the astrological and other appendages were added. Um, in card number one, I would eliminate the star at the upper right-hand corner and eliminate the wand in the Medusa's hand. I understand that this fear remains, but I am not sure really where it should be. Would you comment on this, please? So they're going over the Medusa card, and again, they're asking for the original interpretations of Terra before it kind of got a little distorted um, and what they initially gave. And um, I think they're asking for the interpretations of what the wand means. Um, or should I remove that? Because it's a tool for the magician, of course. And of course, we see that depicted in uh, Harry Potter and other stuff. Um, so they say, uh, firstly, the elimination of letters is acceptable. Secondly, the elimination of stars is acceptable. Thirdly, the elimination of the wand is appropriate. Uh, fourthly, the sphere may be seen to be held by the thumb and the index and the second finger. So there would be a sphere, a gentleman holding a sphere between those fingers. And I wish I had a picture of it. I think that would be easier. Um, fifthly, we would note that this is not possible to offer what you may call a pure deck. If you would use this term, of tarot due to the fact 
that when these images were first tried, there was already distortion in various ways called cultural. cultural. Um, so what they're saying is it's not possible to give anything without a slight distortion. I mean, we are, we are all human. We all have our different belief systems. It's not possible. Um, it has to go through a filter in some way. The filter may be very distorted or it may be least distorted, but it's still a distortion. Uh, sixthly, although it is good to view the images without the astrological additions, it is to be noted that the more general positions, phrases, and char characteristics of each concept complex are those which are significant. The removal of all distortion is unlikely and to great extent unimportant. Um, so. I was kind of hoping they would go into maybe some different session, but there we're talking about how you know the wand is nothing more than a tool to the magician because it's not the wand actually doing the magic; it's actually the magician doing the magic. We don't need any tools technically. We may choose to uh, use those tools as a means of learning and growing, um, but therefore, uh, eventually, we should be able to. Uh, create magic in the moment you know without using these tools so you can uh to go into marvel a little bit you know for um he thought he needed molnir which is his hammer to be able to produce the lightning that he does uh somewhere in the middle of ragnarok which is their version of the uh, armageddon or apocalypse he actually discovered he didn't even need molnir at all to create lightning he had it in his own Uh, mind in his own um, body complex and could produce that effect on all on his own. So just a good reminder, we don't actually don't need tools, but we can use them as an extension of ourselves um, or interpretations of what our mind is actually seeing. So, but it is our own mind that is creating uh, this magic. Okay. Okay. I think that's one we've already been talking about. I will go through this one. It is talking about invoking the magician. Okay. Session 73, question 10. And invoking the alerted light then would seem to me the visualization of the invocation would be dependent upon the, the use was to be of the light. This could be used for healing, could be used for communication, or it could be used for general awareness, you might say, of the creator and the creator. I'm sorry, of the creation and the creator. Would you please speak on this process and my correctness? So the answer, we shall offer some thoughts, though it is doubtful that we may exhaust this subject. Each visualization, regardless of the point of indigo, right? So this is our intervention. Uh, as you may be aware, the ritual which you have begun is completely working within the indigo rays. This is well for the gateway. 
from this beginning light may be invoked for communication or for healing. So, again, the indigo rays are a gateway to intelligent infinity. Um, and through different visualizations that we do through these meditations or meditating on our own or, in fact, just daydreaming, you know, I mean, that actually gets our imagination. <laughs> okay, that allows us to be in touch with that the infinite possibilities okay when we are daydreaming that's what we're doing we're getting in touch with infinite possibilities and that's truly the nature of the universe um possible timelines you know and if i visualize that i um am caretaking of this this entire field that i've got out back because uh, right now i've got a portion of it but eventually I want to make up the whole field. Then I'm going to imagine and play with my imagination a little bit of me caretaking this entire field. But, you know, it, some of these visualizations are completely null without appropriate action. We do need to take uh, the appropriate catalyst. So, so if I proclaim to the universe, that's what I want. Um, the universe very well may offer me an opportunity to get that done or a catalyst to get that done and do that kind of work but if i choose not to do the work then it's null and void it's up to me to take the actions to be able to do that so um you can't expect things to just kind of be dumped in your lap so you get breadcrumbs you get catalyst if it I might get opportunities um, if I do the appropriate work and put in the right amount of uh, an appropriate amount of effort. Eventually, I'll have this whole back field, you know, if I keep doing it. So, um, you know, it just pains me when I see, uh, you know, when I work as a nurse, so many people would fall or something, and not just older, elderly, you know, so many people would fall and then just never get back up. And they're praying every day, I want to get back up, God, please heal me, and, you know, this and that. And, well, he's hearing you, but he's not going to walk in on a white horse and pick you up and say, okay, abracadabra, you're healed. No, what he is going to do is offer you an opportunity. So a uh, brochure in the mail for physical therapy or a home health nurse coming your way and, and giving you the, the knowledge and education um, or opportunity to maybe get yourself in a more healthier state. Um, whatever the catalyst or opportunity comes in, that's it's up to you to take that. It's up to us to take that opportunity. So why are we, um, you know, uh, rolling around in bed with our, our pity party decorations? <laughs> I mean, you know, we've got to, start doing some work getting our hands dirty so um but is it to go along in this answer uh you may note that in the ritual which we offered you to properly begin with raw workings the first focus is upon the creator we would further note to a point uh, which is both subtle and some of interest the upward spiraling right light developed in its path by the will. Okay. 
and ultimately reaching a high place of mating with the inward fire of the one creator. Still is only preparation for the work upon the mind, body, spirit, which may be done by the adept. This is some crystallization of the energy centers used during each working so that the magician becomes more and more that which it seeks. I think I was just talking about this in a different light. So the more importantly, the time space, mind, body, spirit analog, which is and uh, time space is you're in a uh, realm or um, dimension where you see time wrapped around you. Okay, so three-dimensional time, one-dimension space, instead of space wrapped around you like we're seeing now, which is where we go and we dream and all that good stuff, which is evoked as a magical personality, as I was saying, has its only opportunity gain rapidly from the experience of the catalytic action available to the third density space-time mind body spirits so our awake mind so us right now thus the adept is feeding the creator greatly by offering great catalyst to a greater portion of the creation which is identified as the mind body spirit totality of the entity which I do believe they also use the definition of higher self as the mind body spirit totality so um interesting stuff yeah as i said you know if i dream and you know daydream about having this entire field cleaned and sewed and all kinds of stuff then you know if eventually I'm going to get opportunities because that is an infinite possibility. It's one of the much many infinite possibilities that I could do. I could choose to give up on it and go the other direction and go back to a corporate job. And, you know, there is no wrong in the law of one. I could do that. I don't feel like that's appropriate, but it's, it's also one of the infinite possibilities. And I could daydream that and then I will receive um opportunities and catalysts in order to do so if that makes sense so um let me see here all right this is a interesting session 74 question seven I'll go through this one and then we'll kind of go over boundaries a little bit again for the recording. Okay. Session 74, question four. In a previous session, there was a question on the archetypical mind that was not fully answered. I would like to continue. Could you please continue with that, or would it be necessary for me to read the entire question again? 
Uh, Rob has general practice. It is well to vibrate the query at the same space time as the answer. Okay. However, in this case, it is acceptable to us that a note should be inserted. At this point, recording of these sound vector complexes referring to the location. Oh my God, Becky, I'm back. Okay. The query, though thoughtful, is in some degree falling short of the realization of the nature of the archetypical mind. We may not learn, we may not teach learn, or any other to the extent that we become learned teachers. Therefore, we shall make some general notations upon the interesting subject and allow the questioner to consider Uh, further refine any queries. Okay. <clears throat> the archetypical mind may be defined as that which is peculiar to the logos this sanitary sphere. Thusly, unlike the great cosmic, thusly, like the great cosmic all mind. It contains experience. The magician was named was named after a significant archetype. However, it was not Yeah, just cutting out quite a bit. Sorry guys. I'm trying to ignore it. <laughs> the archetype, I'm sorry. It was not recognized that this portion of the archetypical mind represents not a portion of the deep subconscious, but the conscious mind, and more especially the will. So the magician can, is derived a little bit from our will. So following our will and wind, we may just go where no one's been. Okay. Um, there is a portion in here where it talks about, you know, if our will is to move a mountain, then we're going to move a darn mountain. So uh, the archetype called by some the high priestess then is corresponding intuitive or subconscious faculty. So the high priestess is more about um, learning to uh, corresponding with our, our intuition and other subconscious stuff. Um, let's see, I'm making sure. Okay, hi, Margie, hun. Um, let us observe the entity as it is in relationship to the archetypical mind. You may consider the possibilities of utilize, utilizing the correspondences between the mind, body, spirit, and microcosm. Okay, and the archetypical mind, body, spirit approaching the creator. For example, your ritual performed to purify this place, uh, your use of the term, um, don't know how to pronounce that correctly, Ve Gubra, Jebra, is a correct assumption that this is a portion of the aspect of the one infinite creator. However, 
there are various correspondences with the typical mind, which may be more and more refined by the age of. So Vajabra is the correspondence of Michael, of Mars, of the process, and of Milnus. This has correspondence, uh, but Judela uh, with a G instead of a B has correspondence. to Jupiter, to femaleness, to the negative, and to that of the portion of the trio, to that portion of the trio. Okay, let's get through this before they really, really cut us out. My goodness. Okay. All right, so this ve, uh, Judula, which is with a D, has correspondence to Jupiter, to femaleness, to the negative, to that portion of the tree of life concerned with Uriel. We could go forward with more and more refinements of these two entries into the archetypical mind. We could discuss color correspondence, relationships with other archetypes, uh, and so on and so forth. This is the work of the adept, but not the teacher, the teacher learner. We may only suggest that there are systems of study which may address themselves to the aspects of the archetypical mind, and as well to choose one and study carefully. So it may be more appropriate to study one at a time as opposed to, um, you know, start trying to study all of them at once. So maybe learn one and um, gain as much insight into that one as possible and learn how to embody that specific off archetype more appropriately, more effectively, and then uh, possibly move on to another and study very carefully. It is more nearly well if the adept go beyond whatever has been written and make such correspondences that the archetype can be called upon at will. So don't just learn what you read. You know, learn what you're feeling. Uh, put that in action. Um, learn uh, when you meditate on these things. You know, take what you're learning in meditation with your your inner knowledge on it. How you uh, your your own distortion or your own biases, I guess, if you want to call it that, um, as how it corresponds with you. You know the magician in my matrix of the, of the mind is going to be completely different than what Margie's is or Craig's is or Laura's is. Um, but you know, so don't don't necessarily leave it all on what's actually just written in front of you. There we go. Okay. Okay, yeah, I kind of, in the beginning, before we started the recording, I was we talking about boundaries, because boundaries seem to be um, coming up in a lot of personal and, and global things right now. Um, and I was talking about, you know, I was actually identifying something one related to, but I just don't think I uh, searched in using the right terms, because uh, they're 
I found was they were talking about, you know, like the boundaries um, of how we are limiting our own boundaries. So, and then it kind of gave me the idea that I'm like, well, what's been going on is like, we've been listening to what other people think our boundaries are. And we've allowed those to become our personal boundaries. They're not reflecting what our true boundaries are. We feel they should be. So this whole time we have been basing off our own boundaries off what people tell us that they should be. And so we need to come to the realization that we make our own boundaries personally. Now we still want to be good people, of course, and we still want to serve others and we still want to help and we still want to be kind, but don't let it get to a point where, you know, other people are viewing your kindness as a weakness. You know, like I said, if I'm running a country, if I'm a leader of a country, and I'm a very kind leader and a very soft-spoken and uh, generous. And I'm going to be taken advantage of. And so pretty soon I'm going to have an infiltrator that has different opinions and different objectives and agendas. And I'm going to let that person walk right in the door because I wanted to be kind. So, and one thing to, you know, being kind and being a good person are sometimes there's a fine line. Um, yeah. uh, I don't know. That's kind of a touchy subject, but I'd rather have a good moral compass. Let's put it that way. Uh, and I was also talking a little bit about um, going into the Lord of the Rings symbology a little bit. Uh, when I was thinking about the, the one ring and I'm like, well, that kind of symbolizes, you know, the way that some humans feel like they have a right to control other people or control other people's belief systems or their actions or whatnot. That's the one ring, one ring to, you know, um, control them all, basically. So and that's something that we have to give up and realize that we can only control ourselves. We can only control our reactions and our responses and our emotions. Uh, we can only control ourselves. And that's it's a really hard thing to do because we do have to realize that we have spent some time as the gaslighter. We ourselves have spent some time as a manipulator. We ourselves have spent some time attempting to control somebody else's actions. And, you know, I look back in my own personal things that, you know, I've been working on and I'm like, you know what? I was totally trying to control that person. I didn't even realize that's what I was doing. I see it now and I uh, forgive myself for that because I didn't know what in the world I was doing. All I knew is at that point in time, I had some kind of agenda uh, and you know, I was trying to do something or whatever, and I thought by controlling this other person, I was going to get what I needed. And that's not, we can't do that. We have to allow free will evolve in each person as it does in each person. Um, so our, our, maybe some of this ascension process is controlling the one ring to control them all and to map doom personally in our own spiritual life and understand, again, that we are the only only ones that we can control our actions so we can control our responses um not other people as far as parenting it's a little tricky subject talking about 
that you know as i said before my my six-year-old would probably if i let him jump off an everest you know face first without a parachute so i, I can't necessarily let him do that but uh, and maybe there's an appropriate sign for intervention as far as when somebody's going to hurt themselves or others and that uh, i think that's when the hero steps in uh the hero uh would talk that person off of a ledge i know the the hero would jump in front of something to save other people you know um maybe that's where that instinct comes in so um but again you know we we want to be good people we want to be kind people but we also have to have a limit to that we do we need to do a lot of self-care and going back to what i said before self-care self-seeking is the number one best thing that we can do right now because as we heal ourselves we heal others how do i know what healing is how can i teach healing to somebody else if i have not done that kind of work before you know i don't want to necessarily listen to um a nurse that has not gone through nursing school you know why would i do that they don't they don't know uh what in the world that they're doing they're they're not trained in that way unless you're physically going through it before why i don't i don't know you know and i think that's why a lot of us wanderers choose kind of a harder life is because we are meant to be the teach learners and the learn teachers you know we should teach what we are learning so um just my my two cents on that uh does anybody else have any two cents on that was there anything else we talked about earlier craig was that that i'm missing but again i i really feel like boundaries have been a personal thing and a global thing and um there was something i said earlier like you know as far as boundaries on our uh um, we can't have a unified community working together because you're all are humans and humans just can't do that well then you know why don't you why don't you allow yourself to put those boundaries on what a human can do and what a human cannot do if you really truly believe that humans cannot do that that humans are not going to do that but if you choose your boundary and you say well my belief is that we can't do that if we all do the appropriate work <laughs> okay my belief is this so again don't let somebody else choose your boundaries for you uh that boundary has been placed on our minds for thousands of years and it's crumbling so we rebuild our own temple and then we rebuild the temple around us you know um hit the main points love for the other self but shielding the self exactly healthy boundaries are an absolute must we can be nice and we can be kind and we can be good but we also have to not be a doormat so good perfect so if you're being here i am learning aspects of myself absolutely yeah hey, I, um, I was just trying I, to catch up on the reading that's why i was quiet so um well as you know yesterday was a difficult day for me 
but uh, mm-hmm. it made room for me to deeper understand my roommate, you know, the why behind what's going on. Sure. And I, wow, I completely get what what's going on. So I'll talk about some other time, but I'm just, you know, in general. So everything that triggers me is about myself, right? Also, um, yes. you know, Debbie's an aspect of myself. And also you're talking about, you know, we, we can only control ourselves. It's like, well, yeah, <laughs> I wish I could control everybody, damn it. But, you know, um, it, it's just figuring out, you know, picking your battles, letting go, letting people just be who they are. So that's all I wanted to say because I wanted to catch up real quick. So, all right. No, no, it's, it's absolutely, you're absolutely right. And thank you for bringing that up. You know, I myself, in the last couple of days, I was watching something play out. And I'm like, right. well, they, you know, uh, some somebody else was saying something about somebody else. And it was not what I was describing yesterday, but something else was somebody else. And all oh, they just sit around and they don't work. Somebody was saying this about another person and, you know, doing mm-hmm. this and that. And I was like, you know, somebody's probably saying that about me right now and like well i'm not just sitting around they may think that i am but they don't see what i do every day so well then i can't judge that person because yeah because well then they may be doing more than what the person saying that about them is seeing so i don't know their story i don't know what nobody knows my whole story either about why i quit working you know so it's like well, I, I can't judge then because somebody else is probably saying that about me that doesn't understand the full story. And I don't understand the full story about that. So who am I to say anything? That's an aspect right. of myself, you know. And right. And I, you know, uh, I know I'm being tested. So <laughs> because I, I want everything just exactly the I, way I want. And it's like, oh, my God. OK. <laughs> so. All righty. <laughs> So, yeah. yeah. I know how you feel, right? Mm -hmm. And I do the same in my own house, you know, but my. You cut out. It's a a tidbit different, but I still have to understand the same. Um, I, I still have to understand the same thing. I can't expect things to be absolutely perfect. And maybe in then the perfect, the imperfections. My exception of the imperfection is where perfection lies, <laughs> you know. Yes, um, I do. And, but, you know, I think it's I think right. it's different with women because my home is an extension of myself. That's why it's so easy to see in dreams. Oh, that's Absolutely. me. So, um, right. and also the, the, you know, the vertigo and whatever else is, it's somewhat not controllable. So what can I control? You know? So I'm like, I see that loud and clear. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Even yeah, yeah. Like even with like things like vertigo and pain. Well, I'm I can't the pain is supposed to be showing me something. The vertigo might be showing me something. So maybe if I can figure out what's causing it, maybe I can control that thing. Yeah the actual cause and then I can control the pain or you know the vertigo or whatever it is that's ailing anybody so just like uh, and 
and other health issues such as well i've got fibromyalgia i know you do too margies that's the pain issues but i'm thinking more along the lines of somebody's liver being out of function or something like that Mm -hmm. well what's actually causing that is that a a heart chakra issue right is that some kind of other energetic issue is somebody drinking too much um you know i guess i was thinking more along the lines of uh something spiritual so if it, what's causing my heart chakra issue is it open too much is it open too less mm-hmm. do i it, does it just need a balance well maybe if i can work on finding that balance within the heart chakra then the problem will disappear i will control that yes within myself so. yeah yeah i get that i'm just saying some circumstances like when there's chaos in your head it's like you look outward like maybe you become like ocd or workaholic or whatever it is you know to escape that pain in the head whether it's emotional physical mental whatever so that's Absolutely. what i'm saying you know it's like okay Absolutely. so in my my own mind my my house is chaotic but it really it really isn't sure. you know it's it, it's perfect um, I want to say something really. Go ahead. I want to say something really quick. Um, <clears throat> my pain level, uh, uh, like my shoulders, neck, and back, and uh, I, I'm shocked. He said I'm 75 percent better, and he said, "I didn't know this about myself." Oh, he said, "My eyes awesome. look clear." <laughs> I'm like, "Wow, okay." So, anyways, I wanted to tell you guys. So I went today to my PT therapy. That's awesome. I'm so glad. That's so awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad you found something that worked. Oh, my gosh. And it's amazing what people can do when they all come together to try to help, you know, and write, uh, get the right assistance, you know. But you're also doing a lot of work, too. So don't discount yeah. that. Like, you're the one helping this process along. So. Right. Yep. <laughs> but I mean, the vertical's still there, but it's, so it's totally I'm telling cool. you, not as intense. So, okay. That's good. That's really good, honey. I'm so happy for you. I was telling Craig last night, I'm the one who didn't get to sleep in five this morning. I just couldn't shut my mind off. <laughs> and, uh, but I, like you yesterday was like kind of chaos for me. I had about nine people just coming at me wanting advice or help at the same time. And at the same time, Eli, my youngest, had gotten stung by E. So I'm like Aww. trying to manage this and trying to manage, you know, trying to help, you know, give advice and where it's appropriate and stuff. And I actually, I'm proud of myself because I made it through it with almost calm mind. <laughs> so I'm working on it. So, right, almost calm mind, but it's getting better. Like uh, again, that's and that's where I'm. I realized, you know, I'm like, you know, the one brain really is like our desire to control everybody else, and I can control my own self. Let's work on that. <laughs> so, you know, um, right, or at least my but, own environment. Uh, damn it! But yeah, no, I. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Anyways, I'm sorry I was late. I was just I was just soaking up the sun and I'm like, damn, I forgot. 
Oh, no, 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 all good. I, uh, we, we record these. This will be on Ascension Work, so you can catch up in the beginning. So we were just doing over um, little bits, parts of the magician and uh, the, uh, certain archetypes and that. So when we went over some good stuff, though, you have to re-listen for sure. Okay, yeah, I will. So yeah. the magician, awesome. I think the magician is the subconscious mind. Is that what it was? I'll have to reread it and listen. So pretty much is what I was getting out of it. Yeah. Uh, or I'm sorry. The the magician is an aspect of consciousness in general is what I was saying. So um, and, you know, a lot of one talks about, you know, how they, they would recommend us to practice embodying the aspects of whatever archetype that you feel is whether it's the empress or uh, priestess or emperor or magician. So I've always been very interested in the magician and things like that. So um, that's why I, I mean, if there's any archetype you guys want me to go over, let me know. They do go into detail about some of them or all of them, I should say. I'd like to learn about the uh, fool. (laughs) Oh yeah. The fool is a good one. Yeah. (laughs) It's actually a good card. (laughs) No, it really yeah. is. And and Love One yeah. says, uh, we were talking yesterday, you know, about the Love One calls wanderers foolhardy and that's and, but it also means bravery, you know. Okay. Gives us the ability to jump into in front of moving trucks. Right. You know? like, oh God. Um yeah. So so yeah, that is an interesting card. And I think we all have that fool inside of us or being foolhardy. Not all of us. So. <laughs> yeah. You mean Craig for sure. <laughs> well, you don't think so. Yeah. Well, yeah, not all of us, you're right, but uh, I think in a true situation like that that you learn how who you truly are and what you actually can do. Let's put it that way. I've learned that very uh, closely. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right. Mm. I know you and Craig both have to. It's just your that that instinct kicks in. So I think I shared one the other day that was talking about like and um, aspects of war. And aspects of war. What's the, what's that about? You know, why do they? Why do we have to have war? Well, because it's a polarizing opportunity. So you can either choose to try to control another person, or in that moment of war, you could activate. I think they said uh, orange, yellow, and green, which is what we want to do in order to um, serve another person. You know, in that mm-hmm. moment time. So, and that's what happens. And, and yeah. we're we're given an opportunity to polarize either way. So uh, huge catalyst. So um, and that can also be an, uh, appropriate for you know things where we see somebody else in danger, or you know in moments like that. But it can also be on a grand scale, such as you know the spiritual war that we're seeing today. So I think the prolonged effects of that uh, is what really really tries people's hearts for sure and tries people's hearts in a sense of which direction they're going to take so um but i in the last few years gosh i've gotten so much more gray hair and i'm only 36 but it was it's in one spot 
it's in one spot. So I'm going to end up with just this one streak of gray hair, like in the front, my crown area. <laughs> I'm like, at least it looks really cool. All the cool superheroes have the gray streak in their hair in that. So I'll take it. Yeah, definitely some wisdom. I'm digging a lot of wisdom about myself and other people and all of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then another thing that happened yesterday is my dog had gotten out during all of that. He ended up coming back. Day. But again, I made. Yep, I'm back. Um, I think what I'll do is I'll go ahead and end the recording now and then we can um, still kind of discuss a few things afterward, but let me end that for today.